1: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. You're probably wondering why I'm laughing, <laughs> and Never. so am I. But anyway, uh, here we are,
2: <laughs> and I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. I'm Chris. <laughs> am I the only old. one who
3: knows why we're <laughs> doesn't know why we're laughing? <laughs>
4: Nobody. I, no, I, I, idea. I have no idea.
0: I assume it's Bill something horrible in the background. It's
3: fine. Yes, I, it's thought fine. It was, I thought it was I thought it's just cuz he was made, watching us dance to the opening. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. No. Actually, I was uh, frantically trying to reposition some dogs here <laughs> while the while the intro ran. <laughs> oh, come on, in. we
3: want we want to see your dogs.
1: Made it just in time. You guys are
3: going to see my cat before the end of this episode. No. no.
1: Well, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll pop up at some point. Yes. Yeah. I do my best to protect butt hole. you
3: from the butthole.
4: <laughs> oh, thank you.
3: I do my best.
2: So
1: anyway, I'm Bill.
4: We already went through that. We
1: yeah, we did Bill? that. We did? Where was I? You said you were
4: Bill.
3: We went through the whole, I, uh, I'm Bill, I'm Linda, I'm Seth. We did that. All Everyone right. knows
1: who we are. Move on. Okay. All right, well, uh, in that case, I'm Bill.
2: (laughs) Well, Bill might be on something. Hey, hey, Bill, (laughs) do you smell toast right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I feel toasted, I don't know. Maybe that's, (sighs) is
2: that the same?
1: Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Vox, uh, Vox Mackinaw. Oh, my God. Mackinaw box machina. <laughs> machina oh yeah and, um, and the rest of us so <laughs> let's let's start with Vox machina
4: box machina
1: box <laughs> machina machina machina
4: i'm
0: trying to tell if galen is biting something or violently vomiting
2: he is biting something he is yes. biting something <laughs> okay we'll, we'll, we'll talk about to- vomiting soon
4: <laughs>
3: there 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 have been some moments in this season and oh chris you haven't reached the one of the best ones yet
2: and i'm sure i haven't so we we talked about this a little bit before right and mm-hmm. we only talked what about the first two or three episodes yep uh chroma conclave kind of became a thing and right and now they're off to find these uh vestiges right yeah yes yeah. so, so they go ahead uh
3: well i mean I, I was just gonna go into a bit of a recap but uh whatever yeah, you no were... go for it uh yeah so uh when we f- were first talking about it, we were a couple only a couple episodes in dragons had come to uh to the home kingdom of Vox Machina and pretty much wiped uh, most of it off the face of the earth, uh, calling themselves the Chroma Conclave, for extremely powerful chromatic dragons. Uh, yeah. We got... So, there was a lot of real gnarly violence in that. Uh,
2: so, so much collateral damage. So, yes, <sighs> lots of death.
3: Yeah, Vox Machina... Uh, Returned to Whitestone, Percy's hometown, uh, to kind of regroup and also to get some survivors out. And they uh, were directed to another city on the other side, basically on the other side of the world, where they might hopefully find the support they're looking for. Uh, They did not. They got away (laughs) because the city was like, I don't want to deal with this. And then they got sent, or they were sent after a vestige by a sphinx that they met in the city. And the, uh, so the vestiges are relics of, of the gods from the cataclysm. The big war between uh, the gods of light and the betrayer gods that happened back in, Alexandria's prehistory. So these are ancient, powerful relics that they can hopefully use to kill dragons with. And uh, so they fought or Vax fought. You know, you guys know that Vax found the the vestige of the Matron of Ravens. Yep, the armor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I believe at the point you're at. Chris, uh, they're in the Fey Realm going after the bow vestige.
2: Yeah, and they already got the yeah. So they had, they had two vestiges at one point. The second one being, um, a sword. Um, and that sword when, and- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they so. Um, after they get the first vestige, that was pretty interesting. Um, and so each one of these seems to come with their own kind of powers. So the the first one that, that Seth mentioned, uh, the the one uh, with the god of the raven, was it or maybe? Matron, Matron of, of ravens. Matron Basically, of ravens. the goddess of death. Right. So um, Vax ends up making a deal with the raven because his uh, um, sister gets killed. And um, before her life is basically taken, he makes a deal with the Raven because the goddess shows up and says, take me instead. So um, somewhere along the lines, he ends up making a deal. We're not exactly sure how, at least I'm not anyways, how that's going to play out for him. But he dons the armor. It doesn't seem like he could take it off, but it does grant him uh, basically super Super speed, speed. maybe a little bit of extra strength as well. Um, It is pretty cool. Um, and then uh from there, like I said, they, they go to get another vestige. They actually meet another Sphinx who happens to be the uh
1: the mate, I want to put
2: this the mate of the first one that they met. Um that one turned out pretty interesting, and scanlan uh pulls off a pretty neat uh serenade to that uh relationship of those two, which is what ultimately wins him over, uh, so that they get the second um, Vestige. But then uh, Dragon shows up and takes that away from them. So, uh, ultimately though, the best one that, uh, that I, I could speak to a little bit is we end up in this place when they go for the third Vestige, uh, the Fey Realm. And this is where things get a bit trippy.
3: Yeah, and they're also at the same time, like, the group gets split, yes. and they're actually kind of going on two different quests at the same time. So, the one... Uh, Four of them end up in the Fey Realm. Uh, Vax and his sister, uh, Keleth and Percy, they all end yep. up in the Fey Realm, and then
2: uh, Grog, Bog, and, uh...
3: Pike, and yep.
2: Scanlan, Scanlan
3: yeah. end up uh, pretty much being sent cl- back close <laughs> enough to their where everything started off this season, the no, not not the capital city. That's
2: different. No, they, they ended up place. back at a. Um, I can't near like white a map. Yeah, yeah, like a full map of this world. Yeah, there.
3: I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of source content, and I really yeah. should read it. Uh, but yeah, so I can't remember. Uh, have you gotten to the part yet where they're actually in the city?
2: No, not yet. So the the episode I left off is like the first or second one when they finally get to. Um, they fae Realm, but they haven't left it yet. So they just mm-hmm. finished killing um, that big ass acid blob creature uh, in yeah. the Realm. So, so, so the song? second that
0: uh, you know Grog Pike and Scanlan are close to are these gauntlets that his uncle has. That's what Scanlan saw saw in his vision when he was yeah. uh, won the favor of the Sphinx, and from that point, you know Grog is not excited to go into Whiterun or to go to Whiterun to find this, um, these gauntlets for the simple fact that they're worn by his uncle who tried to kill him before. And as it turns out, Pike's grandfather had uh, saved him because Grog, the whole reason his uncle tried to kill him, was because he was seen as weak for protecting this old gnome who had a family. And, you know, no survivors <laughs> is, the, is the motto of the herd, which I thought it was really interesting that they called the half giants, which are really just kind of orcs in this world. Maybe that's trademarked, but they uh, call them the herd.
4: Mm-hmm. So,
0: we should... uh, and and this po- at this point, Grog has lost his strength and his yeah, ability to fight. We should talk about
3: that. Sword. Yeah. So, his, uh, and...
0: uh, magic sword from the vampire he'd stolen no. that needs to constantly be fed blood.
3: Yeah, so uh, I was just about to uh, that was a perfect leading because each like the whole season has it's less like a Saturday morning cartoon where the group just goes and does the thing for the episode and that we're following a bunch of uh, different interrelated storylines and everyone yeah. kind of gets their own plot line going throughout the show.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like building out everyone's background, which is yeah. nice.
3: And so, uh, last season uh, we got kind of Pikes and Percy's. Uh, the focus was on them a lot. Uh, this season we've got, or we've been focusing on uh, Grog, Vax. Uh, uh, who else? Caleth uh, Kay- has gotten some focus. Like every, yeah. they've done a really good job of kind of highlighting every character, uh, and Scanlan is getting a has a really good through line throughout this season too. Mm-hmm. But grogs because- is one of the best so far. I like grogs Yeah.
0: Yep. And his magnificent beard, given to him by a relic that's a belt, which is <laughs> an interesting thing to waste magic on.
3: Itself, but, yeah, it you- it's the so this is an actual item in uh, D&D and it's the Belt of Dwarven Strength. And so give you a put it beard? On- Yeah, it does. It will <laughs> actually give you a beard. Like every morning at dawn you have a 50% chance to grow a beard or the beard that you already have gets bushier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I haven't really seen the strength come into play with this, but that's cool.
3: Well, I mean, they 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 they've been uh, abstracting a lot of the rules out of this, so yeah.
2: They they uh. they embellish, they do what they want with whatever pieces of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, as Jenna, as you were saying, he had that he had that vampiric sword. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, um, that sword drives him to a point where he starts to harm his friends namely um you know pike. he stabs pike at one point and runs her through uh as the sword is so thirsty and so he he overcomes this this and this drive to insanity breaks the sword and the sword's like well fine if you're gonna kill me i'm gonna fucking take you with me so uh, the sword takes uh grog's strength effectively and turns grog into just like a normal average weakling uh, weakling um human. which is kind of hilarious because he's worse than he's worse than a human yeah because <laughs> he's like he can't do
3: anything at yeah. all
2: so he ends up getting carried around uh can't even like feed himself or anything he's just this worthless person and at one point i think scanlon says you're more you're 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 comparable to like a rug or something like that. Like you're not (laughs) entirely useless. You can serve the purposes like a rug or something. Of a rug.
3: Yeah. (laughs) He just starts crying again. Uh, But that, yeah, his actual through line though is like when they first go to the city uh, where they're that first city where they're looking for help. uh, He meets this old man in Mm -hmm. a temple who's just like, "Where where does your strength come from?" Yeah. Gronk's just like, my muscles, are strong and I got muscles, and then he gets the absolute shit beat out of him.
2: Yeah, and it <laughs> comes up again when um, uh, they do the one-on-one with the, Fink, with the Sphinx, and the Sphinx says, and you don't even know where your strength comes from, and flicks him off the platform like a pea, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but does he ever find out where his strength comes from? He does. He does. And it's awesome. he does?
2: Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Then when I get to it, yeah, that's. And I don't mind the yeah. spoilers either. I know that's eventually gonna come, but I've been waiting for that epic moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I he... don't know. Do you?
3: Do you care? Like, no, do we want, want to do full spoilers or do we like leave the end of the season for you guys? Save
2: that one for me. Okay. Save that one for me. Because I, mean... I, I know what's gonna happen, but I want to be surprised.
3: There are several epic fights coming your way. And Jenna, how much have you seen?
2: I've finished it.
3: Then and- you know that there is one moment that will have Chris rolling in laughter
2: with laughter. It's
0: true. Rolling so hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was already, uh, Gina and I it- were dying the other day. So um, for those that don't know, um, we have a few different um, d and sessions that we do. And in one of the last ones, my character, Tarrant, was vomiting rainbows. Uh, and I got to revisit that in the Fae episode, in the Fae <laughs> yes. realm, because uh, um, Calith, Calith uh, and, uh, um, oh, gosh, I keep looking on her name. Vax. Uh, Fox. Uh, no, Vex. End up Vex because... Yeah, Vex, Vex, Vex. Uh, ingest, you know some influential drugs. And uh, go on some crazy-ass trip. Yeah, by accident. Uh, and they go on a crazy-ass trip. Well, when they start coming down from it, Caliph is like, I understand everything now. Everything's epic. And they goes, go, mm. And then she just starts spewing colors. It was like the most <laughs> crazy thing. Yeah, just rainbows. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's funny. My character did that in, in D&D as well after ingesting yeah, some. now you have a visual. Yeah, now I have a visual of what that experience was like. Yeah, this is them uh, going on their trip. uh, Just FYI, I
3: had not seen this episode before we did that.
2: Yeah, no, it just, I just, that's why I thought it was amazing. I wanted to bring it up is that, um, you know, this is the kind of fun you can have uh, with the game. And I appreciate the fact that uh, Vox Machina went so far as to, like, yeah, let's take this off the rails. Um, And it was great. I thought they did a really good job of expressing how trippy things can be. Mm hmm.
0: And I think overall, without giving any spoilers, in spite of the spoilers we have given so far, um, I would say it's it's really entertaining to how they're bringing in the depth without losing the audience if you've never played d d So even if you've never played D&D um, and you're not really sure about adult animation, there's a lot of laughs in this uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of dirty jokes <laughs> that you may want to keep uh, considered. Don't let your kids watch it. Just don't. Um, Enjoy it for yourselves an adult at the end of a long yeah, it's day. Not, it's
2: not for kids. Uh, on the jokes part, they're not just dirty jokes to be dirty jokes. They are very cleverly oh. written. It is very well written um, yeah, for the yeah. most part. <laughs> the dialogue and, is and fantastic. The time,
0: they've conned Amazon into giving us a third season. They have to give us a third season at this point. Well,
3: yeah, I mean the end of the second season is a direct setup for the third season and I I don't know if they've already been renewed or not, but it's
0: going to be renewed. Checking. because yeah. yeah, it is important. And I think, I mean, cause it'd be really sad if we did loss it, lose it at this point.
2: Well, that seems to be the trend though, these days with some of the, um, a lot of the, the series makers and movie makers that, you know, they'll set something up and uh, you know, they won't finish it. And, it's kind of left up in the air as to whether or not you get to see a, a complete telling of a story. And we see that happen a lot of times with series, not to go off on okay. a tangent, but would not be surprised. But it is starting to get really annoying. Well, so
0: Piton uh, um, announced on October 6th that there, they will do a third season.
3: Okay. Yeah. So. And I That's think good. the third season will take them through uh, at least. Through, or it should finish up Vox Machina, I think. I haven't actually watched the... No, actually, there's more for Vox Machina after this, I think. Hmm. I don't know. I need to watch the all of the actual seasons.
0: Which, for, for those people who don't know, explain where you would be watching more of the story.
3: Uh, so... The legend of Vox Machina started off on uh, is Critical Role's uh, first big or first storyline, first campaign. Uh, there are a bunch of voice actors who are DM'd by Matt Mercer, and they just started off playing a game, uh, much like anyone else. And then they were like, "Hey, we're have we're having a great time. This is a cool world. Let's." Put it up on Twitch and see what happens. And they did, and it (laughs) took off. And now they are in campaign three. Mm
2: -hmm. So
3: Vox Machina was their first campaign. And their second campaign, I believe, is the Mighty Nine, And that is also getting a show on Amazon Prime. So far from discontinuing Vox Machina, they're actually getting more content.
0: Hmm. Which hopefully all this shite with uh, Wizards of the Coast won't interfere at this point since they back rolled all of the expectations for those who used
4: well, DVD. I don't,
3: yeah, I don't think it ever was because uh, to start off with Vox Machina or the world of, they're using the world of Exandria, which is wholly created by them. And mm-hmm. in the show, they never reference Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty much, it's, the show is pretty much just fantasy. Uh, like some of the stuff referenced could be uh, referencing classic d stuff. But I don't think, even if uh, bl- or Wizards went totally nuclear instead of backing off like they did, I don't think they could have touched this show.
1: Hmm. It was fairly smart of them to, to do it like that to avoid any potential risk.
3: Well, that's just kind of how the OGL worked uh, with the original one. Uh, you could use uh, the system and some of the rule, and the rules and some of the creatures that were mm-hmm. not uh, basically copyrightable by Wizards of the Coast. So, uh, beholder, for example, is uh, one of the things that used to be locked behind the OGL, and you couldn't use in your stuff without express permission from them. Mm. So, in the bo- the campaign box machina, uh, they encounter mind flayers and beholders and those Absolutely. sort of things. Uh, they could do those because that is covered under the fan policy. Yeah. Uh, to make a video of it and play it in a campaign and put that campaign up. You could do that via the fan policy. But any content that they created, like in their Tal'Dorei Reborn book, uh, they could not put Beholders in.
1: Mm, and
3: likewise, even though they were fighting Beholders in the streaming show, or the, their actual campaign you haven't seen any of that content in the show. So that was probably done just to play it safe. Mm-hmm. Sure. yeah. Which and is also, smart. so they didn't have to make any further mm-hmm. agreements with Wizards of the Coast, probably. Right. Because if you want to use a beholder, they're going to make you use, uh, pay them for that beholder. They're going to get their beholder money. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They'll be beholden to Wizards of the Coast for the beholders? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to sum up before we jump into the last of us?
2: Oh, um, uh, no! As, I think as Jenna oh, said earlier, definitely check it out. It is—it's a fun, fun series to watch.
3: So, really quick, one of the fun yep. things I like doing with every episode or in every episode is whenever a new uh, side character is introduced, hit pause and check X-ray because they got a lot of cool talent. Voice acting talent for this show.
1: Oh, all right. Uh, the
3: the uh, there was the character in the Fey Realm, or if you remember him, the kind of <laughs> puckish guy that was uh, Billy Boyd from uh, oh, huh. Lord, of, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Wow, cool! Just, like right. every voice you hear, you're going to be like, "I know who that is." I've heard that voice. I've got to see who they got.
2: Yeah, even mm-hmm. the, the, the dragon, uh, the head of the uh, Chroma Con- Conclave is like Lance Redrick or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know the voice.
1: Yeah, I, knew, I recognized the voice. I wasn't sure who it was.
3: Yeah, yeah, Michael Dorn was the dragon in season one.
2: Oh, really? Uh, That's cool. Yeah, Lance Redrick. Oh, I keep thinking Redrick, but it's Lance Reddick. Okay. If you've seen Bosch or John Wick or uh, that uh, Resident Evil series, he was the uh, in the Resident Evil series. He was the uh, the dad, no. uh-huh.
0: which is something we have to talk about at some point. This is the Resident Evil series, I'm, even
2: though it, there is no
0: season two. I yeah, finished it. I'm
2: pissed about no season two. So yeah, we'll have to do an episode on that, Jenna, for sure. Absolutely.
3: But yeah, all right. that's all. That was the last I had. It's yes. just it's got such a cool voice cast, and the the main characters are so good.
1: All right, cool. Well, let's jump into The Last of Us then. So, uh, uh, who? Uh, Seth, I don't think you're caught up on it, right? You're only like one episode in?
3: I'm only one episode in. I was not in a good place to be watching something <laughs> like The Last of Us this week.
1: <clears throat> okay, and Jenna and Chris, you're all caught up, right? Yep. Yeah. And Linda and I are about... Uh, 18 minutes away from the end of the the uh, last episode, episode 5, I think it that is. Was really so. And you're
0: that. probably only 5 minutes away because the whole episode counts, includes the inside the episode.
1: Oh, God. Okay. Alright. Yeah, so uh, what are you guys thinking so far, Jenna? How are you liking it?
0: Well, to, to summarize for anyone who's got doubts, because I can't do another zombie uh, series, I think... Yes, it's another quote-unquote zombie, even though it involves uh, mushrooms or fungus, as the instigator that sets us off. Um,
3: they, they there's show, definitely- the game creator would yell at you they're not zombies. It was just in the news this week.
4: <laughs> but they act like zombies. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're zombies. Right.
0: We know. And the show creator, game creator, can, can yell at me all they want. But, I mean, to, I think to most mainstream <laughs> people who don't care about me once who enjoy the genre, that's what they're going to yeah, call it. Yeah, I agree. And now,
4: I, I mean, go ahead, Linda. And in case uh, these two look familiar, they were also together on Game of Thrones.
2: <laughs> I forgot great. about that on Game of Thrones. It's the right. girl on the right. Wow. I knew the one on the left, but holy yep. cow.
4: They were both on Game of Thrones together. Well, they weren't yeah. together because they were two different yeah. characters, but
1: mm-hmm.
4: in case they yeah. look familiar.
1: Right. Well, I mean, yeah.
0: Pedro Pascal should look familiar to people in a lot of different things since yeah. he's been in Star Wars, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, God, Saturday Night Live recently.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, and she was also in uh, his dark materials in the
4: one,
0: yeah. the between world where they had the um <clears throat> the spirits, but they didn't call them spirits; they called them they something were, else.
1: Um, demons. Episodes. Demons.
0: No, not demons. Um, Because demons were the people's animal souls, the familiars.
1: I thought you were referencing.
0: No, no, familiars, not not familiars. They were, uh, they were these uh, shadows that would suck out the adult souls.
4: Oh, she was one Uh, of the children in that. There's got to be a word for that.
0: (laughs) Overtime. Yes, that wasn't it, Seth that it's time. Anyway, these two have been a lot of shows. um, And in terms of you get a glimpse in 2003, when the virus first hits and the chaos, and then you jump 20 years later to the fact that humans are living in these quarantine zones or they're risking living out freely as individuals, maybe little as individuals or like little, uh, little communities that are trying to survive that often don't.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, we start off with Joel, who's Pedro Pascal's character and Tess was a Tess or Tessa. I think it's just Tess. Yes, Tess. Yes, yes, his yeah. Partner who they're smugglers at the time that the show starts working, trying to build up money to go find, to get a car and a battery to go find his brother who was last heard in Wyoming. Cause his brother had joined the resistance to Because all of these quarantine zones that are called QZs, they're run by FEDRAs, which you assume is the last vestiges of the U.S. government and military, um, trying to help people survive or help themselves, depending on what what QZ zone you're in. And, uh, you know, his brother who joined the resistance against them, called the Fireflies is off in Wyoming. And in their attempt to go, Tess and Joel's attempt to go get him and find him, they come across the resistance who's trying to smuggle this girl, Ellie, who has been shown uh, to somehow be able to resist and not change if she gets bitten. Yep. And a story we don't know yet. She was bitten off screen, survived for three weeks, doesn't seem to be getting worse. And now they think there's a place they can take her to make a cure.
1: Right. That's Ellie.
2: Yes. Yeah. So as the series has progressed, since most of us has caught up, um you meet people and you lose people along the way for the most part your expectation is set pretty early on that this is about joel and ellie's journey Tess starts out with that journey and she's the first that we get introduced to that you meet and then you lose um and so, I mean, it's a vicious world. They, they make that clear. This isn't like we're going to blow up into a party of five or six. This isn't a fellowship or anything of that nature. This is this is Joel and Ellie and their journey. Um, pictured here is uh, Frank and uh, Bill. Bill, uh, this was a sad story. So. Yeah. This is why I couldn't
3: I couldn't go on. So, so yeah, like, it I was a not. good
2: it was a good story though. It was oh a real good. good
3: story. I did yeah. not want to have that sort of cry this week.
2: <laughs> yeah, so these two were uh um uh met under interesting circumstances. So so Frank um uh, Frank's kind of a loner. He's a, no Bill. He, no, it was yes, Bill. sorry, Bill's a loner. Bill's it's got like his, like, survival, his whole right? house is like a bunker kind of thing going on. Um, he fortifies this area in the town he was at and he stayed behind when everyone else was evacuated, uh, <clears throat> more like, uh, taken out of town and, uh, put out of their misery, uh, Feels like essential, uh, prepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and just to explain why, because basically what Joel explains and what you get implied is that if a QZ zone was full, yeah. the federal's would still go out to any communities within a certain vicinity and say, we'll take you there, and they would end up shooting them because dead people can't be infected. But then you have to worry about having them uh, and giving them resources in the QC. Right.
2: So it, it, it basically, you'd find ditches full of dead people that Pedro uh, right. put there. So um, Bill was not about to be a part of that And so stays behind and and hides from them when the rest of the town is taken out to be killed. And then he kind of fortifies this place afterwards and makes himself a home. Um, After some time, Frank stumbles upon one of his traps that he's set. And um, through a weird building of relationships, you know, Bill hasn't talked to anyone for quite some time. These two become (laughs) friends and ultimately become partners um, that stay together for years. And, um, like they do, they'll build you up. They'll let you get to know these two and <laughs> the relationship. Uh, Frank they'll ultimately you becomes really... sick. Go ahead, Seth. They'll make you really, really yes. happy
3: and make your heart just so warm. And then they will. Yes. <clears throat>
1: it's so, it but, but it's they don't have me to um... get there because I was expecting uh, Bill, I was expecting Frank to take out Bill when he started playing that piano in the. When they yeah, were in part. the very oh, beginning, yeah? yeah, yeah, and he was standing behind him. I thought, okay, here comes the baseball bat,
2: yeah, something, yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> but it, uh, it takes, uh, different it takes direction. an unexpected twist, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, they give us some history on that and, and kind of give us another view of how maybe some people are living in this world. Um, and they, they make it work together and they even go through trials of you know raiders trying to break into their place and they handle that. Uh, but eventually, Frank falls ill. Um, and, uh, um, there's no help that they can really get him. You know, there's no doctors They can't go get an MRI scan or whatever. Um, so they tough it through and then eventually, uh, Frank decides that he's done and, uh, is ready to, um, to take his own life. He's going to make the best of a last day. And he wants to crush up all his pills and, and OD and, and pass away silently in the night. Uh, and what we don't expect or you do expect is, you know, all right, how is Bill gonna take this and what builds what's Bill gonna do? And I can, bill tell you decides what this, that... I can tell you what this bill said
1: Yeah as yeah. I'm yeah. watching it. We're watching it with uh, Zach and Audie, and uh, it's Linda and I and Zach and Audie watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're all like, ooh. when he said, mm-hmm. when he said, yeah, I want you to crush up, put it in a glass of wine and all this stuff and I, you know, because I'm just done. yeah and I said, Yep,
2: I'd be making two glasses, Linda. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And uh, he didn't just make two glasses. He did the whole bottle, I guess. So uh, he decides, you know what? I've had a good life with you, uh, or Bill, that is, and uh, decides to end his life as well with... um, Uh, frank so but but they gave us a story because um you know we understand that that bill's a prepper well joel actually meets them along uh his journey and his uprising Mm -hmm. in in in, uh, the rebellion so joel is actually taking ellie here and they come and they find their their deceased friend so uh but uh bill leaves uh joel a note says take whatever you need uh, it's probably Joel that's going to find my dead body. I left the window open so I don't smell, you know, but, uh, you know, take all my supplies. I have a truck and, you know, get where you need to go. And so then they continue their journey, um, uh, journey on. And then we get introduced to the next pair of people that are not going to make it. Oh. <laughs> right. See, Stop.
3: can't do that show this, this week. Maybe not, I, <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to be able to do this
1: show, but. I will say that episode five, uh, where we're at now with Kathleen, that was a satisfying ending.
2: Well, it's not over, but yes, that was satisfying. So the person Bill's talking about, Kathleen, is obsessed with finding this individual, Henry, uh, because Henry, uh, in this world, uh, people were turning each other in, maybe for information or whatever, to get medicine or food or what have you. Uh, Henry turned in Kathleen's brother, uh, to Fedra, I believe it was, and yeah. uh, they took her. They took her brother, um, executed him. I, I presume, uh, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, that's Kathleen, um, and uh, she's leading the resistance here. How she rose to power, I'm not exactly entirely sure. And maybe so. That's it sounded like important.
1: her. It sounded like her brother was the leader of the resistance, right? Yeah. But he was a very nice guy. Bend over backwards for for mm-hmm. anybody, you know. And um so uh Henry uh has a son named Sam. Yep. No brother.
2: No brother, it's just a little he says oh, it's his little, brother. little brother.
1: Yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah, you assume uh, it's a father and son, but it ends up being his brother.
1: His brother. No. Okay. And so uh Sam's like like what seven eight, seven eight. Or eight. Yeah. yeah. And um so he he finds out uh that Sam uh comes down with leukemia. Yep. Yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me, and um uh, uh, Fedra, uh, which is the uh, Federal Disaster <laughs> Response Agency, right? It's kind of like It's their, the new government. This world's version of FEMA, militarized. Yeah. And um, so um, uh, Henry knows that Fedra wants um, this brother, uh, this guy that's li- the leader of the resistance, Kathleen's brother. And so. In exchange for getting this medicine that he needs, uh, this leukemia medicine for his brother Sam, uh, he uh, turns in uh, Kathleen's brother. And so they take him and they end up uh, tr- putting him on trial and, and uh, hanging him, I guess and so kathleen has this vendetta out against henry and she's gonna spare no man material or expense to uh track him down and find him even if it means going through the entire um downtown of kansas city Mm -hmm. and now uh, to
0: understand with this world and kind of what we mentioned before every zone is different and they make it explicit that you know why would you collaborate with fedra well um Fedra as a whole that incites this resistance in this location is raping, savaging, stealing. Like it's these people are a means to end and brutalizing to the point that there is a resistance. And when that resistance develops, they're not happy. We've gotten rid of Fedra. We're forgiving to the people who were informants. No, like
2: yeah, they're fuck executing everyone. everybody that had anything to do, anyone that helped the the Fedra or anything like that. Um, yeah. In very in, so, in a sense, way. they
1: become like Fedra.
2: In a sense, yeah. In a, in yeah. a sense, they become almost mm-hmm. as bad guys. As yeah, yeah.
0: But you can't blame them in the way because you know, when Kathleen's second in command comes and says, I know you're gonna ask me to forgive, to let it go, but I can't, and I need to know if you're with me, and he says, Your brother was a great man, but he didn't change anything. You got us here,
1: right? So yeah.
0: there's just this acceptance that this is the way the world is
1: right so um so anyway so we meet uh, henry and sam and they meet our our leads uh joel and ellie they end up kind of teaming up uh because um the four of them need a way to get out of kansas city and kathleen and her army of freedom fighters or whatever, pretty much has the city locked down. So they, they can't, <clears throat> they'd have a tough time getting out on their own. Excuse me. My throat's a little raw. Um, and uh, so they, so they team up because Henry knows um, of a tunnel system that'll take them far enough out of town that they can get around the, the federal folks that are blocking mm-hmm. the way out. But uh, Henry doesn't have the wherewithal, the, the means and the, he's not the a violent, violent person.
2: To, he's never yeah, fired a gun. He doesn't tell people yeah. right.
1: He's kind of a passive. he's
0: a hell of a guy for never firing a gun,
1: right? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know that I've seen that yet. But anyway, um, so anyway, they they team up and uh, mm-hmm. they decide to uh, leave town via this tunnel system that uh, is uh, uh, was kind of built uh, underneath Kansas City by a developer that did a lot of the construction work in in downtown area. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and they're pretty sure the federal fo- soldiers won't be down there because supposedly this was an area that was uh, popular uh, by the uh, the the infected. And uh, but Henry knows that the infected were kind of cleared out of the underground tunnel system. So it should be safe to use. And turns out it was surprisingly. They managed, yeah, they managed to get out of town. Um uh to the uh area where there's this bridge that's going to take him across the river and out of kansas city and they'll be good mm-hmm. uh but uh, kathleen has a guy stationed there watching that entrance to the bridge that uh that pass and when they show up he radios kathleen lets them know they're there and starts trying to pin them down with a rifle um which doesn't work out very well for him in the long run
0: huh no Well, this whole thing doesn't work out for well for anyone.
2: (laughs) Right. And because what
0: really makes it striking is it's the most infected that we've seen the whole show. And it's definitely um, kind of gives you an idea of what it would have been like in the cities at the height of the start of the infection. So and they do a great job in terms of using real people and actors uh, and makeup and some effects. And it's it's brutal. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we kind of get a hint of that uh, as we see the uh, Kathleen's uh, army of uh, freedom fighters uh, looking for Joel and Ellie and Henry and Sam. Uh, and they're uh, looking in this one building, and I think they're on the ground floor. They open up a door, yeah. and there's like a, a sunken area, and it's not oh. clear at first uh, <clears throat> what that is, but um, as they're in there looking at it, you see it kind of heaving up and down periodically uh, almost like there's (laughs) things underneath that, which uh, turns out there was. Um, (laughs) And uh, when they get outside of town uh, there's an explosion um, and that explosion apparently attracts the infected and they just begin pouring out of this big hole in the ground. And, and uh, it's um, you know, Looks like uh, Armageddon all over again. And
2: and I'll bring something up here since you you mentioned it. Uh, Kathleen's, uh, you know, right-hand person uh, brought this to her attention that there was the ground moving underneath that building. She wanted Henry so bad, Mm -hmm. she put the risk of everyone else's lives instead of dealing with this problem. Right. Her her priority was capturing Henry. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it does come back to bite her. Um. Literally. 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 <laughs> uh, literally, and and it just goes to sp- goes to show that you know I I, I don't understand how um you know her resistance was that loyal to her to where when right. it was clear her priorities weren't what they should have been that she was hell bent on vengeance that she couldn't see straight. Yeah, and um, especially
1: you know especially at the point at which <clears throat> her. Uh, Chief Lieutenant, I'll call yeah. him, um, comes to find her because she's they can't find her anywhere. So he goes and asks her mom where she might be. So he finds her just kind of standing in her childhood bedroom in this yeah. empty <laughs> apartment uh, in downtown, and she's just kind of you know standing there looking around. And and he comes in and he finds her, and she's like, "How did you find me? Well, I talked to you, your mom. You're having conversations with my mom." yeah nobody could find you so we're trying to figure out where you were so then she tells him this story about how this room um she grew up there with her brother who was you know killed by the fedra agents right when he was turned in and and he he uh calmed her nerves when there was this huge lightning storm and told her that this was a a protected box they were in and the lightning couldn't get there and through that whole thing he's looking like I, I, you know, in my mind, I'm like the show. I'm like, shoot her. Yeah. Shoot her. Right. She's not like,
2: infected, but she's gone nuts. off the deep yeah, end. She, mentally. She's compromised. So right. It, yeah. And uh, but why what I didn't understand was you'd, I, I expected at some point maybe that was going to happen or that he was going to take control from her. Sure. Or that he was going to try and trick her, especially when like uh, he was leading them to where they found where Henry and, and uh, the boy were staying. Um, up in the attic, I thought yeah. maybe that was going to be a trick, right? That, right. He, that he was going to lead her up there and then trap her up there and lock her up there and yeah, and take over. But that's not what happened. And instead, they let she she killed them all. Right. That's but right.
0: look, look at what the people were doing in that flashback. It's not just her that wants vengeance. It's everyone who was a part of it. Mm-hmm. They were like they were dragging the body of a fedra a person who probably had thirty knives in him. Just yep, to- they right. were, they were hanging a, a, a living federal employee over a bonfire. Uh, they were literally beating some of them to death with glass bottles and kicks and things like. And I, they and, want- I
2: get, and I get that I yeah. do, but but yeah, at but. some point, like this was like a vendetta against one person, right? And and I get where the mentality like like they're no longer resistance here. They're just they're just and a you, malicious. They're, group. They're a mob. They're a mob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they are yeah. not a resistance. They don't see right. good or bad. They just see us and everybody else.
1: I, I can understand the, the feeling of the people that were in those, in that Federal camp in Kansas City because they endured 30 years of mm-hmm. rape and murder and, and, injustice right so when they finally broke out and got the upper hand and were able to take out the soldiers i can understand a lot of that pent-up frustration being taken out right but now we're some period of time weeks after no
0: 10 days
1: 10 days it's only
0: 10 days and you're talking about a population of 10 of like who've dealt with it for 20 years and and it's it's really a good, reminiscent pullback to what happened in a lot of places after World War II. Um, mm-hmm. people who were shown as collaborators and informants to the Nazis mm-hmm. were basically chased through the street, mm-hmm. beaten, killed, torn sure. apart. I mean, even though if they were just trying to survive themselves.
3: Right. Right. And, yeah,
2: and that's, that's the with thing human names, they were all just trying to survive. Life yeah and and there was no there all their compassion all their empathy was gone to the point where you know you had people that would probably be viable workers even if you God, even if you <laughs> enslave them right uh yeah. and make them work for you there's no they just rather shoot them all and burn the bodies and i i guess i didn't quite understand i i, I do understand it was just look how dark things had gotten right yeah and so you also I, I'll, I'll wrap i'll pull this back to joel here so emily has not really seen any of this right she's too young to understand how this world works so she, at one point she tells emily like how did you know that they, they drive uh, emily or ellie yeah, yeah sorry ellie um ellie. tells ellie you know hey i've been on both sides of this i have been the ambusher as well as the person that's been ambushed and so He's he has a very very lack very little trust in anybody, uh and ellie's starting to get that picture. I feel like after this mm-hmm. latest episode that that you know once bitten you're probably you're you're ninety nine percent chance you're gonna die. She learned that the hard way with the boy, um, yeah. and we'll 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 jump into that. You know you can't trust strangers. No, you know they're all probably out to get you one way or another. Um, and so it all starts to come, you know, full circle. Ellie has experienced so much in the last episode, I'd say, um, that she's probably grown quite a bit. And you see that in the in the very end of the episode when she's like, which way's west? Let's go, Joel. Let's hit the road, let's fucking Mm -hmm. move on. Um, you get that hardening Mm -hmm. of of her. And and so I I do wonder if she if this shapes her to be more like Joel. Um, and Joel's trying to trying to hold on to her humanity, right? Joel's like, you shouldn't have to see this or that, or you shouldn't have to see me shoot this person. You're just a kid. Uh, so Joel's struggling with, with trying to balance that in the reality of the world that they're living in. And Ellie's going to have to deal with some of that stuff. That's why he didn't want to give her a gun and then ultimately caves and gives her a gun, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah, my first impression from Ellie from the first episode was... Like, you're describing, yeah, Joel doesn't want her to see any of this death and pain and awfulness, and in my mind, Ellie's just like, nah, let me do it myself.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, right. and and she ultimately does have to pick up a gun and, and fire it at some point, and um, Joel has to accept that that's the world they're living in. Joel can't do it all by himself, and maybe he does need that backup, so.
1: Right.
3: No one here has played the game or seen it, no, play, no. watched a playthrough?
2: I've watched I've um, watched some of the playthrough online, yes, but I've not played it personally.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, and Ellie says at one point that that isn't the first time she's shot somebody or killed somebody. But she right?
4: doesn't go into any detail. Right. right.
1: No. Not, gonna, sure. not for a not
3: while yet, it. probably. Yeah.
4: But the thing is, the
0: tension to detail in this show, like... Yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster, but it's it's a very impressive (laughs) journey. The way they went with all of these little details, from the fact that you know Ellie sees the wreckage of a plane and she's like, "Is that a plane? Oh my god!" Like she has no concept. Like people do not fly in this world anymore, unless you happen to be some location that has a helicopter, probably pilot.
2: Yep.
0: Um, The 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 how they bring up music or you know, she's like, they get in a car and she's like, how am I supposed to read this map? It's only my second day in a car. Right. Um, yeah. Really, it's even really well.
1: When, yeah, even when she walked into Bill and Frank's house for the first time, and they had lights, and, you know, you could tell she was looking around and seeing a house that was in pristine condition, like we would see one today, that yeah. she hasn't seen in, you know, her entire lifetime. And it was just um like walking into a living museum i think for her to see lights that worked and you know tvs that worked and it was just you know uh, totally foreign to her which was very cool
0: i yeah because you know having grown up in an orphanage she was probably in a dormitory
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i would watch an entire show of uh nick offerman Doing uh, craft stuff during the zombie apocalypse. Just- <laughs> so here's how you you're gonna keep your house looking good while the zombies are beating at your door.
0: Yep. <laughs> right. That should be a, a
3: really theory. nice chair this week. They so should do. You know warm. how uh,
1: you <laughs> know how Star Trek did those uh, Trek shorts. Yeah. They should do like Last of Us shorts with uh, Nick Offerman <laughs> survival apocalypse tips. Yeah, yeah, that
2: would be awesome actually. Date It'd night really during the,
3: how to do a date night during the
1: apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Today I'm gonna show and you it, how to
1: Here's how you
4: cook up a zombie. <laughs> oh man <laughs>
0: So I mean so we've got four episodes left and there's a, probably a lot that's gonna happen in these last four episodes and I kind of hope uh, HBO keeps doing the two-a-week release from now to the end because seven days
1: feels too long.
0: I'm such a binger, yeah. but I couldn't resist starting the series. And,
1: yeah, now I'm in this like position. I said, the next episode comes out Sunday the 19th. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit of a wait. But... So, yeah, it's good. So I encourage you to check it out if you're watching it. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think, what your uh, favorite episode was so far. And um, how would you survive the uh, zombie apocalypse? Would you uh, would you let them take you to a QZ, a quarantine zone, and try to survive there with other? Assuming, assuming you made it, was- it, yeah. Or would you try not- to go on your own? But um,
3: look, look, look at me, I, I'm not survivor material.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> well, Seth, you're saying you'd be in the QZ? Uh,
3: no, I'm saying I wouldn't survive Life the period. initial infection. Like oh. The the initial survivors of that infection are going to be runners because those are fast zombies. (laughs) They are fast. Right. It might
4: be a World War Z. It did remind me when they were all coming out. That Mm -hmm. really. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: If, If they're slow zombies, I've got a chance. If they're fast zombies, nah, write me off at the very beginning. Yeah.
4: And I would say that even if you think it's a typical like, oh, it's going to be another zombie show, it's different enough that it definitely captures your attention.
1: Now, let me ask you guys this question. I'm going to ask everybody but Linda, because I already know Linda's answer.
4: I always get left out. If We
3: don't know Linda's answer, though. Like, this isn't just a for you thing We're,
1: we've got no, a no, no. show well, here I'll, that I'll, people I'll, watch
2: let, let's I'll, get to the let's get to the question and we'll, okay back.
1: yeah we'll get to the question okay so let's say you're in the zombie apocalypse and uh let's say these uh these uh fungus uh fungus infected humans are running at you they're coming for you and it's you and your daughter and you're trying to escape and you know the only way you're gonna Uh-oh. get out of there is by sacrificing one of you. Do you push your daughter into the fungals to escape? Jeez. Or do you sacrifice yourself? I why know why you come
4: up with this
3: question, Bill. And, because... and I know
4: I know why you think you know my answer. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because well, Linda, Linda answered this question is. in a game we were playing with Benito uh, uh-huh. about a month ago, but I think back in December. And she pushed her
2: daughter into the uh, into the creatures to escape. So if I had a child, yes, I don't but if I did, yeah I would assume that that parental instinct would automatically mean that I'm sacrificing myself to ensure my daughter's escape.
4: Don't
0: Jenna do says it no Don't do it Chris don't do it. I, no. I don't think either of us are getting out of it so hopefully I have the means to give her a quick death. Before there the is. zombies reach us,
4: there you go. And it is, it
1: is. <laughs> because, because here's the thing: if she's young enough, she's not going to survive without you. No. Nope. So are you going to leave her? Are you going to sacrifice yourself and leave her to try to fend for herself and maybe nope. die horribly?
2: Nope. Double suicide then. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Right,
3: Seth. I mean, honestly, it depends on the kid, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also two points. I feel like fair. there's some variables in here to answer this question.
1: Fair. Fair. All right. As well, morbid as it is. Let's, uh, we'll throw it out there to the audience. Uh, what do you guys say? You know, if you've, uh, you're in this uh, situation and uh, you've got a kid, you know, the kid's too young to maybe survive on its own. You don't think it has the ability or the wherewithal to be able to survive on its own uh, without you. Um, you could survive on your own without the kid. You're in a situation where one of you isn't going to make it. Which one do you, do you sacrifice the kid and let yourself go on maybe to create another kid down the road? Yeah. I mean, you made one, you can make another.
4: (laughs) Okay. Okay. But these are the people who are answering nonchalantly are people who have no children.
3: (laughs) Had you said cat, I'd have been like, nah, I'm killing zombies."
4: Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: All right. Yep. Nope. that. Oh, wow, Bill, nope. thanks for that really somber, that somber ended, end that ending ended there. well. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like thanks for the uplifting uh, end to that, Bill. But you know what?
2: Yeah, to it, be fair, the episode, the the most recent episode five of The Last of Us is going to give you this ending. So. Uh, there okay. is that
3: like i guess that that question does sort of take us into the feeling of the show
1: yeah i haven't gotten to that that ending of the last episode yet so i'll look forward to that so anyway folks comment let us know what you would do uh <laughs> sacrifice yourself and hope the kid lives sacrifice kill both of you oh god or, uh just kill the kid because why kill yourself if you can survive and you could always maybe have another child. Oh boy. Let us know. And uh on that note, uh I think we'll end it here on this on this happy note. <laughs> Jesus.
4: <laughs>
0: I love how he can so bite you. He's just like, why?
2: Yeah, he can't
3: bite me. But he has he is ow, ow, ow,
0: hugging
3: my arm and bunny kicking it.
4: Oh God, poor Pixel! It's
3: a
1: vicious cat.
3: He wants attention.
4: He's a baby. For <laughs> right,
3: listening, my cat had surgery this week and he is now on my desk demanding attention
4: with his little <laughs> baby cone of shame. Yeah, uh-huh.
3: he's got the cone of shame on. He is very. He is a. He is a sad boy, but he's actually doing very well right
1: now. Yay, good kitty all right all right well there we just ended it on a happy note
2: yeah. Yay! <laughs> all
1: right folks see y'all next time uh take care and uh check out the show and let us know what you think well, yeah. all right bye thanks
0: for listening to this episode of the galactic driftwood podcast for more information and in past episodes Please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.